Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today we got a lot of things to cover, ladies and gents. We're going to cover allergies, antidepressants, should you or should you not take them, um, allergies in their relationship to uh, suicide ideations. Uh, we're going to talk about teenage suicides. We're also going to talk about the upside of social media and and we're going to talk about billionaire mindsets. What we're going to talk well how how billionaires you know take care of their brains. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to jump into this episode, and uh, of course I hope that it, you are taking big exhales and inhales, and you feel grounded and present. Um, but I really want to start off with the fact that there's a comet headed towards Earth right now. Actually, it's headed towards the sun. And this comet is like weighs 500 trillion tons. And it's anywhere from 65 to 125 miles long. And it's moving at 22,000 miles per hour. And, and I bring this up, and I forget what they call it. They're calling this comet the C-2014 or UN-271. Um, I, I love the idea that there's a comet headed towards the sun, and, and it's not going to hit the sun. It's going gonna, it's gonna to burn up and dissolve. But like the idea that there are so many things happening around Earth, in the universe, in other universes, that we're not aware of. And when we zoom out and just think about the fact that there's a comet moving at 22,000 miles per hour. Now, most of us have been in a vehicle that's moved 100 miles an hour. And we see how fast that is. When you go to a NASCAR race or F1, I think they get up to about 2, 220, somewhere up in there. And I don't even know how fast that launches like a space shuttle up into space. I don't know how fast that is, but I don't think any of those are moving at 22,000 miles per hour. And, and to me just studying and being aware of like all these things that are happening in space and in another universe, it, it makes me feel one connected too insignificant um but three like wow like i'm a part like like i'm a part of something bigger there's something like awe-inspiring about that like it's just hurdle and it's been doing this for like years can you imagine traveling uh, just going from san diego to new york for a few hours right what is that uh five to seven hours or something that feels long i can't imagine a comet just for years and years at 22 <laughs> like how much faster can you go you would think if you were going anywhere for uh at twenty-two thousand miles per hour you would be there by now like like right now you know and and here this comet is just hurling through through space so i just want to share that with you because, you know, I'm all about zooming out from whatever pain that we're in, whatever despair, whatever, whatever we're feeling right now. It's just beautiful to think about how much activity is taking place up in the universe. Because especially when you look up, it looks like nothing's happening. It looks like, all right, there are the stars, the moon. And we don't really think much about it unless like a storm is brewing or a tornado or a hurricane. That's the only time when... We, we really look up, but there's so much happening um, outside of us that it's kind of cool to, to just kind of step back and just be like, all right, I see you, space. I see what's happening, universe. Um, let's start off with the teenage suicides. Um, it, it, this is an article in CNN, and they're talking about, and this was in um, – the article in CNN yesterday, it still might be up today, but they're talking about teenage suicides and how in some states they're going up, some states are going down, and they're talking about some of the risk factors for that. 
uh, when we talk about teenage suicide risk factors, they point to substance abuse, a family history of uh, suicidality, um, negative life events. And negative life events could be uh, bullying, uh, divorce, um, an injury. You know, a lot of kids play, so many more kids play sports and playing at a younger age and just seeing more injuries happening for kids at uh, younger ages. And in some and in some cases, permanent, you know, or even a sickness or ailment, um, a loss of a family member could be a negative uh, life event. Uh, familial abuse of any type. So whether we're talking about physical or verbal abuse in the household, if there are guns in the house, that those be are risk factors for suicide. Um, impulsive behaviors, and and I know we're talking about teenagers and. Uh, if you're a parent listening, you're like, what teenager is not impulsive, right? Um, and even the ones who seem like they are methodical and, and thoughtful and proactive versus reactive, they're still teenagers and they still have that teenage brain where the prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed. So there's going to be some impulsivity even in your straight A uh, honors, have it all together student um, and and if they have exposure to others who are exhibiting suicidal behavior so we know that there's that contagion effect of if you know one person in a school ends their life then one to two other students may soon follow or at other schools if they've read about that that article so those are some of the risk factors. And so um, the, the article further goes on to say, and I want to say this, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, if all these things are in place that they're going to end their life. What it does mean is that it's an opportunity for us to talk to our kids and say, hey, I know we have a family history of substance abuse, and I know that I may have said some things to you that have been harmful and hurtful. And um, yes, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, we do have a gun in the such and such. Have you thought about ending your life? You know, just to, to be direct and to say, if you don't feel comfortable talking to me, then, you know, please call the 1-800 phone number. It could be that simple. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out. We need to talk have an intervention, family gathering kind of thing. I remember when my mom talked to me about sex, she just threw a bag of condoms at me and then left. She was like, here. She, and, she, and then, oh, well, she said, if I get a girl pregnant, um, she's not going to babysit. And that was, that was my birds and the bees talk. If I get a girl pregnant, she's not going to help me take care of the baby. And then threw some condoms at me. So, and, and I got to tell you, I had... <laughs> to this day, I've not got a girl pregnant. So the talk worked. Short and sweet, people, is the point. Short and sweet. Um, so what are some of the warning signs of suicidal behavior that we would see in uh, teenagers? I mean, this would apply for adults, too. Uh, we see, one, changes in eating and sleeping habits. So maybe you're eating a lot more or eating a lot less or sleeping a lot more, sleeping a lot less. But once again, we, we want to ask questions. All you have to say is, hey, I noticed that you're eating, you know, more frequently or you're eating more sugar and carbs or you seem to be sleeping less. Is there anything you want to share? And, and then that can be it. But just kind of checking in on them. Just say, I noticed. I see that, you know, last night you went to bed at, Two when typically you go to bed at 10, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you, we also, uh, other warning signs might be loss of interest in activities or school, right? Now you see them skipping school and not wanting to go to school. And a lot of times when kids start uh, are skipping school, it's because they're being bullied. There's somebody there who is either they're being bullied or they're being ostracized or maybe the teacher um, said something 
that, you know, embarrassed them or there was some type of humiliation that took place. Um, it, and sometimes it could be around their clothes. You know, I, I know that there are a lot of kids who go to school with the same clothes and, and, and they might get picked on for that. So there's so many different reasons. Um, or maybe they're just hungry. I, I was reading a story about the kid um, who, like, just didn't have enough for, for lunch money, so they were skipping school. Uh, another uh, uh, warning sign is neglecting one's personal appearance. You know, not not showering, not ironing their clothes, not changing their clothes, letting their hair grow out, not brushing their teeth. But that's a lot of teenage. I, I think I know I went through a period where I probably didn't shower for a week. And and I definitely would wear the same thing every single day. And But then you got a guy like Steve Jobs who wore the same thing every day, but I'm sure they were. He wore the same clean black turtleneck and same clean black jeans. Um, or, you know, they, they, were, they were brand new. He had probably had one for every day. So, but you can tell when, you're, when your kids are letting their uh, person, when their hygiene is starting to slip, that when that breath starts kicking. Um, obsession with death and dying, right? Uh, and once again, that's a lot of kids. Uh, they get into the, they start wearing all black and they put the, they start wearing the makeup or they, I remember in, in I went to St. Gertrude's and the kids would wear Doc Martens and, you know, Anthrax and I forget what the other bands were, but that was a lot of kids kind of getting into the death and dying um, uh, fascination with that. More, if they increase their income, uh, their complaints about physical ailments, Linked to emotional distress. So if you have a kid who a lot of headaches, a lot of stomach aches, a lot of these are psychosomatic, meaning that they are caused by emotional stress versus there's actually something physically wrong with them. This is the kid who all of a sudden is too sick every day to go to school. There's something else going on there. And once again, you know, if you're a parent, bring in help. Call, you know, call somebody yourself. Um, Talk to the school. Talk to the school nurse. Uh, if they have problems focusing, and, and this, you know, if they have problems focusing, that's usually going to be linked to the, the sleep uh, habits, and it also could be linked to their diet or if there's any uh, drug um, abuse taking place, drinking, uh, weed, uh, and what other drugs that might be involved. Uh, lack of response to praise. That's a big one, you know, but I think a lot, you know, it's so funny. A lot of people struggle with accepting praise. You know, you compliment somebody and they go, mm, all right. Mm. They kind of don't acknowledge the praise. They don't say thank you. They don't give a little nod. Um, yeah, that's, uh, and, and that's something I know that I've had to work on is being like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, versus kind of swatting the praise away. And then I'm like, nobody praises me. Don't you see the work that I've done? Um, and then you have verbal hints such as, I won't be a problem much longer. Or if anything happens to me, I want you to know dot, dot, dot. Um, if you start to hear, you know, that type of conversation, it's a time to check in. Um, giving or throwing away cherished belongings, that's a big one. When they start giving things away. And yes, I, I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I always feel like there's a, a refresher course that, that needs to take place, right? Because these are things that, you know, even I I, I um, lose sight of giving or throwing things away. And if, if in yourself, if you're, maybe you're not a parent, but in yourself, if you're noticing yourself starting to give things away, because sometimes we can slip into suicidal uh, planning without consciously making a decision, meaning... Uh, where we just start giving things away, we start letting our hygiene slide, but we're not, we, we didn't think about it, we didn't intend it, it's just happening. And then all of a sudden we're just slowly letting our lives go, right? And so this is an opportunity to catch that. And, uh, and if they are too cheery or after a depressive episode. So th there was a, a video posted of this woman who, was so cheerful, and and then they and then they said like six hours later she ended her life, and so that extra cheeriness is usually 
when the person has decided to to end it and then now they're just like oh this will all be over soon so you know they're kind of throwing a party in their in their minds so if you notice an uptick all of a sudden in cheeriness i, I like that i've never cheer cheer i like cherries 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 cherry is different than cherries cherry cherries cherry cherries um if you notice an uptick in cherries cheer (laughs) in cherries and then being cheery then you definitely want to um check in and and make sure that they don't have a plan or uh, haven't been giving things away right and and like i said this is something that if you feel like you aren't equipped to really have these conversations, we can call that 1-800-SUICIDE and, and have them walk you through it. They can, they can talk to you about how to talk to your, your child. Or if you yourself are noticing some of these behaviors in yourself, like you're, you're not responding to praise, you're having trouble focusing, you're neglecting your personal appearance, uh, you're giving away things. If you're noticing that, then um, you know, call the number. Don't wait till it gets so dark and so bad that um, calling the number feels impossible. The phone feels like it's five thousand pounds. If you have, you know, if you're noticing three of these, call them and just say. Hey, I'm I'm noticing some warning signs in myself, and I just feel like I need a mental health check-in. You know, there's there's so much emphasis on mental health days, but sometimes we need a mental health check-in, and that's powerful. You know, that way we kind of catch it. It's kind of like uh, every time I get out the shower, and I hate doing this. We have uh, like uh, glass shower doors, and so we had to squeegee the shower doors every time we're done with a shower so that it doesn't build up, right? Because when there's a big buildup, it becomes so hard to clean it when there's a big buildup of, of mildew and residue. And so that's what, we, that's what we're doing. That's why we, we journal. That's why we go outside and get a walk, or we sit in a sauna, or we talk to a therapist, or we talk to friends, or... We go for a swim or we just connect with nature. Um, these are ways of us cleaning, cleaning our soul, cleansing our um, our emotional palate, right? It's kind of like when you, when you go into a, uh, 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 a department store and you're smelling colognes or perfumes. You smell coffee beans in between each one so that you can reset your olfactory senses. It's the same thing. That's just what meditation is. That's what a, a good night's sleep is, resetting those senses so that, um, you know, we don't make any final or fatal decisions, right? Um, now, on to other mental health News. So what's the upside of social media? The upside of social media, I realize, is this. Because, yes, it can cause us to feel lonely and it has addictive tendencies. But I found that the upside of social media is I was scrolling through, uh, I think, TikTok. or um, Yeah, it was TikTok. And there was a couple where they were making fun of how much your girlfriend loves to lay on you like she first she'll put her foot on you and then she'll put her legs and then her arms or her whole body and then she even tries to like it's almost like she can't get close enough to you and and then she they, they showed her like crawling up her boyfriend's shirt and she was just like I just want to be in you like you know and it made me laugh out loud because Michelle is very much the person who is wants to be like under my shirt in me um under my skin and and sometimes it bothers me how close she wants to be and and when I watch that I just laughed and I go 
I go, listen, this is just, a, this is a, a, not just a Michelle thing. This is a lot of women experiencing this and a lot of guys experiencing this with their girlfriend. And it made me feel less alone. And now uh, it's funny. It's funnier to me versus b- being more like something that was bothersome because I saw our relationship in this uh, 15 second sketch on TikTok. So my point is, is that a lot of times we, we I have a chance to see ourselves and laugh at ourselves and laugh at our, our situations, our relationships uh, through social media. It's, it's a way for us to feel seen, heard, and understood in, you know, a quick 15 seconds. And that, then it's something I get to share with Michelle, and then she gets to see, uh, you know, what it looks like visually, and, and now we're having a big laugh about it versus, um, you know, being bothered by it sometimes. I mean, sometimes I'm the one who I'm like, I want to get up under your shirt. And, and it's sometimes she, you know, so social media is great like that. And, 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 but of course, like if I, if I scrolled one more, it would be something triggering, like, you know, Instagram and TikTok are not going to let you off the hook. They're not going to, they don't want to leave you feeling uh, all cuddly and cozy. They're going to send you something like from your ex-girlfriend. To, <laughs> to, to the, you know, that would be completely incendiary or they'll show you like some Ukraine bombing or something right after that. And you're like, oh, I was just feeling so cozy. They don't let you sit in a cozy for too long. So once you get your cozy fix, get out of there. And then the other way I, uh, I use social media, the upside, is I, on a daily basis, will leave 10 compliments on people's social media feeds. And I, I love this because the, it, it builds a relationship with the, with the people who are following me and that I'm engaged in. And then I also feel um, there's something nourishing about you know saying congratulations, happy birthday, or you know saying, wow, your, your family's so beautiful or or, you know, you know condolence, even condolences, you know, sorry for your loss, that kind of thing. Just sending out some type of um, emotional, just trying to connect and empathize or validate other people's experiences versus scrolling to get something for myself to see, you know, who liked my whatever, who commented on my whatever, or to see what I can learn, or what other people are doing, and um, it's just—it's just so much more fun to celebrate other people uh, via social media, um, and also it's a great antidote for jealousy. You know, it's like, yeah, I could, you know, it's like, oh, I can't believe that they're going to Monaco, or um, you know, oh, what you going to space? You going going to be on a on a space shuttle with? I don't know anybody who's going to space on the space shuttle, but the point is, is that we can we can turn our jealousy into high praise. All right, so those are two great upsides to social media, and then I definitely wanted to share that with you all day. Um, there was an article about anti. Oh, this is allergy season. And I, I bring this up because we know that there's typically an uptick in suicidal uh, uh, ideations and, and behaviors in the spring. And it, it's, I believe, and some of the search, research uh, supports this, is that is, you know, because of aller- part of it is allergies. One is the extreme sunlight, which, you know, can increase our, our cheeriness, but also can throw off our circadian rhythm which throws off our sleep, um, but also because of the amount of pollen and allergies that increase. And we know that there is some link to inflammation in the body and in the brain and suicidality because um, when we talk about suicidality, it's usually referred to as some type of psych ache, right? We just want the pain to go away. And, uh, you know, 
allergy symptoms, depending on you know your severity, can be painful. It could be very uncomfortable, and also it, you know absolutely disrupt your sleep. If you're congested and can't breathe, that's not going to make for a good night's sleep. And then that just becomes a recipe for disaster because when we can't sleep, then we start craving more carbs and more caffeine. And we also know that caffeine can cause inflammation. So it, it sets off a trigger of inflammatory responses. We have, we have allergies, right, which is environmental, which then can cause um, discomfort or pain or drowsiness or lead us to taking something to alleviate the allergy symptoms. And then we can't, you know, get a great night's sleep because of the allergies, which then um, keeps our cortisol levels raised. So then we're, you know, we're reaching for caffeine to stay awake or sugar to kind of keep us going, which then causes more inflammation, caffeine and sugar and increased cortisol. And then we're just on this vicious cycle of, uh, and then there's the guilt and shame of, you know, being off track and then the worry of, um, you know, it just becomes this domino effect um, that, that all, you know, that stem partly from environmental factors. So my point is, is take care of your allergies. You can get allergy shots. And, and the, what I've read, it was, a, there was an article in the New York Times I was talking about this. This is why I love the New York Times online, not the physical paper, um, even though I do love reading the physical paper. But what I love about the online paper is that there's a comment section. And, and, and a, you know, a lot of readers of the New York Times are typically, you know, quite educated or very experienced. And so I love to read the articles, but I really love to go into the comment section because they select like the most... Um, most liked by the readers. And so you really get this additional wealth of knowledge from the New York Times comment section. And, it, you know, it's not like reading YouTube comments or Facebook or Twitter comments where people are going to be incendiary because the New York Times regulates it. And, and people are usually more thoughtful in commenting because they're paying for the service, right? So... Um, I, and so, you know, just looking at the comment section about allergies, a lot of people talked about the efficacy or effectiveness of getting allergy shots. And also if you're going to use like a neti potty to clear out your nostrils, use distilled water or boil the water because tap water is not clean enough. It's just, there's, I don't care where you live or what your source of tap water is. Is just not going to be clean enough. Uh, so get distilled water or boil the water. All right, and that's it for the, the allergy portion, which brings us into antidepressants. I know this is a very, like, newsy, chop-chop episode, but um, I, I really am excited to get all this stuff out to you today, and then, you know, we're going to get into that billionaire, how billionaires take care of their brains. That's, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, antidepressants. Uh, listen, I've, I've been recommended to take antidepressants. I have not um, ever taken antidepressants. But once again, in a New York Times article, they had an um, article about antidepressants. How many times can I say that in this episode? Um, and a lot of people, the, the overwhelming response has been that it saved lives. So if you're a person who feels like, you know, you're, you're at the, you know, things are just too overwhelming for you and there's, and, uh, and you need help and you've tried, you feel like you tried everything, try the antidepressants, right? Um, all the reports have talked about how it's helped them engage in life and change their life. And, um, and, you know, we live in such a hyper-competitive, individualistic world that, uh, you know, antidepressants can kind of help lift the weight, lift the burden. I think the misconception, according to the article, is that antidepressants are not a happy pill. 
It's not, it's not going to make you happy. What antidepressants are, are they help lift the weight. They lift the burden. They lift the overwhelm, right? So that you can move forward. That's all it's going to do. It's not going to give you energy. It's almost like if you're trapped under rubble, right? That building collapsed. And it, so antidepressants are going to come in, clear out the rubble, but antidepressants aren't going to like inject you with uh, a bunch of energy. So then you're, you know, you, you run out of there clicking your heels. No, it's just going to clear a path for you to then continue on the path in the trajectory that um, you were on, or at least find a better path and or trajectory. So, I just want to clear that up. Antidepressants are not a happy pill. They're just there to lift the weight that you've been feeling. Because that's how I describe it, as a weighted blanket, so that you can move forward and then start kicking. But what? So with that, let's get into the uh, how billionaires take care of their brain. I listened to this podcast called, um, and, and then after the billionaires thing, we're going to talk about, we're going to wrap it up with gratitude. Um, I listen to this. It's called Billionaires Mindset. We are, we oh, we study billionaires. That's the, the name of the podcast. And they had someone on who talked about the peak, how she gets billionaires to achieve peak performance. And a lot of stuff, of course, is stuff that we are very aware of. But I want to highlight a few things that I thought was really cool in terms of how billionaires take care of their brains, because these are some things that are accessible for a lot of us. Maybe not all of us. I never expect all of us. I don't know what your specific situation is, but I would imagine you would like to learn a few things uh, to take better take care of your brain. Number one, and I thought this was potent because, uh, and I, I, should, I don't remember the lady's name. She's a neuroscientist because I would love for you to, um, if you want to look her up, I'm going to look her up right now. Uh, billionaires. Anyway, the first thing that she talked about is the importance of not just hydration. I was like, hydration, hydration, hydration. But she talks about electrolytes. And I was like, what? She said, everybody is okay. Who is all right? Let me figure this out. Who is this lady? Uh don't say her name. Uh Louisa. How do they not have her name in here? Uh Oh, Trey Lockerbie, but that's not true. That is not true. All right, I I can't find her name, but anyway, she. Uh, oh, go to NeuroLink, NeuroAthletics. I'll link. I'll link it in the show notes. NeuroLink or NeuroAthletics. Oh, Louisa Nicola, N I C O, L A. Louisa Nicola. She is a, uh, a, a peak performance coach, and she works with billionaires. And so she was saying it's not only important to hydrate, but it's also important to drink electrolytes. That's right. You know, that's what Gatorade talks about. If you go to like a lot, if we go to like a Whole Foods or a grocery store, a lot of those bottled waters now will say with added electrolytes. Electrolytes are big because our brains need the potassium, magnesium, and, and some other. And uh, it's like potassium, sodium, bicarbonate, and something else. But we can also make our own electrolytes, which is what I do, which is sea salt, water, lemon juice, and a bit of honey. Now, I don't add the honey. I don't need it. Um, and, you know, that, that sugar, I, I feel it all just go to my liver. And then I just have this immense pain on my right side, so I don't even mess with that. But drink electrolytes. That's that's key right there. Your brain loves it. That's how you get that optimal performance right there. So one, don't just hydrate, drink electrolytes. Two, journal. 
Remember, journaling gives us a buoyancy. Journaling not only gives us a buoyancy, I mean like we just feel a little lighter. We feel a little, you know, just loose on our feet, quick on our feet kind of thing. And it also helps us to gain an understanding of ourselves. We start to notice patterns, thought patterns, behavior patterns, and we can catch it a little sooner when we journal, especially if we notice patterns and behaviors. And then we have somebody that we trust and can share it with. I think a lot of times, you know, people journal and and keep it all to themselves. And a lot of the way that I journal is, you know, I'll write things out and then I'll be like, whoa, that's interesting. I'm not sure what to do with that. And then I talk to my therapist about it. So journaling doesn't just have to be all the thoughts kept to yourself. It's an opportunity for you to discover what you're really thinking and feeling and experiencing and then figuring out what part of that you want to share and with who, right? So drink electrolytes, journal. Um, if Get off the caffeine. Wait, because once again, we talked about how caffeine can be an inflammatory for our brain and, and increase anxiety. And the last thing we need is to feel more anxious. But if getting off caffeine feels like it's too much, Louisa suggests waiting 90 minutes from when you wake up before you have your first cup. So instead of this all or nothing, no caffeine, she's just saying, wait 90 minutes and then have your first cup. And then don't drink any caffeine after uh, noon because it'll disrupt your sleep. I'm very caffeine sensitive, so I can't have any caffeine or else I'm up. Even if I have a sip, I can just feel my brain going. Um, So we have drink electrolytes, journal, wait 90 minutes before our first cup of coffee. And then she talks about neuromuscular athletics. And I love this. So neuromuscular athletics is like uh, it's like exercises for your brain. So the example she gives is tossing two tennis balls off a wall and catching them with both hands. So, you know, you're tossing with your right hand off the wall and your left hand, and you're just catching balls off the wall. And because you're using both hands, you're basically activating both sides of your brain. Now, if that's not available to you, I practice guitar. That's activating both sides of my brain. We can write with our non-dominant hand. That's activating both sides of our brain. Dribbling a basketball with both hands. It's like anything, you, even cooking. This is the beauty of cooking, is that you, you know, you're using both hands, especially your chopping, baking, um, all those things, both hands are getting involved. Whereas when you're on your cell phone, you're just holding it with one hand. Most people are not on their cell phone with two hands, unless like they're they're angry texting <laughs> with somebody during like some type of Twitter battle. Um, so neuromuscular athletics, and and you can even just Google you know how to train your brain, but but really it's about getting your hands involved, working on a car. Um, and then she talks about strength, strength, how strength training builds up the prefrontal cortex, which is the thinking part of our brain. So when we strength train, when we lift weights, and she recommends like three times a week, um, 20 minutes, but you know, whatever works for your body. We are building up the thinking part of our brain. So strength training is not just And strength training could be swimming because you're moving through resistance, Um, even uh, hiking. You know, I have a friend who walks with a weighted vest. So there's so many different ways. It's not just about doing arm curls. We're not just talking about that. But anything that involves resistance, jumping on a trampoline, strength, 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 training, (laughs) builds up your prefrontal cortex. Um, And, oh, and then... Last thing is, uh, oh, and, when, and then she talks about how between the hours of 1 and 3 p.m., 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. is where we see cortisol level spike in the general population. So in most people, for, for, there's something about 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., there's a cortisol spike in all of us. and it's, And that's the time where 
if we get a chance to meditate for a few minutes or go for a walk for a few minutes, um, just or take a nap, right? One to three, that's, that's our downtime because cortisol levels shoot through the roof. We don't need that. Um, so she talks about doing, a, a, I forget what it's called, psychological sigh, where you do a double inhale, then an exhale. So it'd be... So double inhale, exhale. Wow, I feel so much better doing that. And you only need to do like 10 of those, or you can do it for three minutes. Just, you know, build it up and see what works for you. But a double inhale. And exhale. And you can do the exhale through your nose or your mouth, figuring out which one doesn't lead you to feel lightheaded. And then the last two important things are make sure you're getting in your healthy fats, the EPA and DHA, those that we get from fish, right? Reduce inflammation in the body. Remember, everything we talked about earlier was about things that cause inflammation, sugar, poor sleep, caffeine, you know, drugs and alcohol, uh, uh, food, certain, um, you know, processed foods. All these things can cause inflammation in the body. And so we want to put in foods that have EPA and DHA that reduce inflammation. And that's going to be your your fatty, it's going to be your fish. That's going to be your your greens, your vegetables, right? Um, Your nuts, your walnuts are going to uh, have some of that. So making sure that we are also eating things that reduce inflammation in our body. Because the misconception is that we need more energy. That's why people are drinking like Red Bulls and fiber energy. But really it's about just making sure we're not blocking the energy that we do have, which is what inflammation is. It's, it's, it's swelling in the body, and then the blood can't circulate the way it wants to, so now we feel heavy and weighted. Which brings us to the last um, how billionaires take care of their brains is through uh, saunas and, and cold plunges. So she recommends that if you're going to sauna, you can sauna four times a week for about 45 minutes. And that'll have the same cardiovascular effect as if you, you know, were running for 45 minutes. So, because, you know, I, I love the sauna. Sauna makes me, sauna is what I do, like, when I don't feel like physically moving. I just feel overwhelmed or I feel like I've, I've done too much or, for a few weeks. Um, but I love the infrared sauna because of my asthma. It doesn't trigger it. Regular saunas do. And then also I love the cold plunge, which, if you know, a lot of people can't afford a cold plunge. So just being in a shower for three to eight minutes, eight minutes, is her recommendation and uh three minutes though is what i i typically do and i and i love it it just releases endorphins and oxy it releases all the good stuff the dopamine oxytocin the serotonin the i mean wow and it lasts for hours like if if you're looking for a way to wake up in the morning cold shower is the way to go and slowly build your way up to it like uh, i'm not expecting you to to get in there and uh, and go f- as cold as your shower will go, but slowly work your way up to it day by day, right? Everything's about baby steps. But she recommends the use of the sauna and the cold plunge two hours before or after your workout. So a lot of people will go into a sauna right after their workout or go in to the cold plunge right after the workout and she said, no, you're, you're, you're thwarting your, bo- your body's ability to adapt to the workout. And we, we need to allow some inflammation, which is a key point. Inflammation in itself is not um, harmful to the body. It's chronic inflammation, meaning inflammation that never goes down, where we're just walking around inflamed 24-7 
that is the issue. So if we're not getting sleep, we're drinking a lot of caffeine, uh, sugary foods, processed foods, and you know allergies, then we're, we're walking around in a chronic um, inflamed state. And that's where we can get into trouble, especially if we start bringing, you know, alcohol and other drugs into the mix. So we don't want that, Lucy. No, no mas. Last thing I want to share with you all, and I appreciate, first of all, thank you for listening to the podcast. This is, this is dope. Like, the, the way that it's grown and, and, you know, the fact that you're sharing it and uh, rated it five stars and... I get to see people in Germany and Mexico and Canada and, and New Zealand and Belgium um, and, and Canada and obviously America uh, tuning in. Like, th- this is beautiful. I have listeners out there in the Philippines. Shout out to all of you for tuning in. And, uh, and it's just a reminder. And, and thank you for the emails of, and, and the comments. I was looking at, I was on iTunes looking at the comments and, you know, it warms my heart to to have people, you know, share their stories and feel like um, that they're connecting with my story and our journey and, um, you know, what what we're here to do in terms of, uh, you know, I, I think to say save lives is, um, is, is too big of a thought. But I, if I could make you feel less alone. And let you know that, uh, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting right in here with you, you know, um, and, and feeling all the, all, all the things, all the things, um, you know, that means a lot. So thank you very much for, for tuning in and sharing your process and, um, let's get on to gratitude because this, I tell you, you know, I, if you or been in any type of program, read any book on self-help, gratitude is always somewhere in there. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I have just realized how um, how much I struggle with showing gratitude. And I know I was talking about celebrating people on uh, the Facebook, but I realized like that's something I have to intentionally do and be purposeful because it's not my, I don't naturally default to that. But a, a buddy of mine, my next door neighbor, put in. I have. A, I bought a boxing bag, and and put it up, and then he came over while I was uh, on the road, and put up another chain so that the boxing bag didn't have to hang straight down because it's in our garage, and where it is, um, if I back in, then the boxing bag just sits on top of the car, which we we don't want that. So he attached a chain to the bottom of it so we can lift it up and then it's not resting on my car. And I, I didn't I didn't show him gratitude. I saw him the other day and he goes, hey, how's that, that chain working out for you on a boxing bag? And I go, oh my God, I never said thank you. You know, because I, I got back and I saw it and it had been like four or five days and I was like, oh man, I felt like, oh, I felt, I felt, um, like I felt ashamed. I was like, ah, oh, like guilty and uh, all those things. And I was like, oh, I got to be quicker with thanking people and showing gratitude for what they do. And then Michelle cut up some celery for me. And I was like, oh, I didn't even shout her out. But to, I'm going to be honest. If I, I can't thank Michelle for all the things that she does. She does a million things. And so there are times where I just give her like, a, I go, listen, babe, I'm saying thank you for for everything because I know that I've missed things specifically. So every now and again, I'll give her a general, I just want to say thank you, I see you, I appreciate you, I love you kind of deal because I, I know that I've, I've missed 10 things that, that you've done and, um, but, but know that I'm aware of the effort that you're putting in to love us and care for us and, um, and, and be there for me. So, uh, and, and I, I want to remind you all as, as listeners to do the same for yourself of like, show yourself some gratitude, right? It, it, it gets rid of that attitude and buys you latitude, latitude, I guess. Um, 
But I am, we're going to end there. I am grateful that you tuned in. I'm grateful that you are, are listening and that you're breathing. And, and I, I'm grateful that, you know, I hope that you have something that you're looking forward to. It could be something small. It could be a cup of coffee or today I'm going to get my, <laughs> I, get, I have athlete's foot. And so I have to go to a, a special pedicurist for my athlete's foot. And so I'm, I'm very grateful for that because she's very funny. There's, she's very, she's old and just full of life and, and talks the whole time. And I just kick back. I say not a word. It's almost like talking to my mom. My mom can talk forever. But I hope you, you, you find, uh, you discover some joy and wonder in your life. And if nothing else, look up at the sky and remember that there's a comet that is hurling through space at 22,000 miles per hour. And it weighs 500 trillion tons. Just think about that for a second. Which it probably weighs less now because the, the more it's hurling through space, the um, the less, um, it, the more mass it, it's losing uh, over time. But uh, but just think about that, and just think about the fact that as massive as it is, um, you can't see it. That's that's what's remarkable about it. like it's so massive, moving so fast, and yet nope, can't see it. So. I will talk to you soon. And remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help, for you calling the 1-800-SUICIDE or 1-800-273-TALKS or any of the other phone numbers that are listed in each and every single one of the show notes, whether you're international or local, whether you want to talk, chat, or text, there is help for you. And I know you feel like, Maybe your situation is dire and, and everything's like, what could they possibly do? I don't know. That's the beauty of it. We don't know. And that's, you know, that whole quote, ignorance is bliss. That's what that means. You don't know. You, you, right now, you haven't called that number because you think you do know what they're going to say. But the truth is, you don't know. You don't know what the, what the experience is going to be like. For, for a lot of you, because most people have not called that number. But call, see what the experience is like. And, and you might be surprised at the outcome and how you feel. Go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together. Peace.